The SWP is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario, Jim K. Ford, Popeye Supplements Ottawa, Pico Pizza, and the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. I want to thank all of our great sponsors and everybody listening right now, all our members, for 400 great episodes. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk, and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Pico is Ottawa's fresh, new, innovative take on pizza. Step up to the bar, order your pizza masterpiece, building from 56 fresh ingredients, then in classic Neapolitan style, they slide your custom thin crust beauty into a 1,000-degree oven for 90 seconds. Moments later, you're enjoying those rich, delicious Pico flavors. Unlimited toppings, $14. Pico, 170 Metcalf or 236 Richmond Road. Jim K. Ford is a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. For years, Jim K. has supplied the Ottawa area with Ford work trucks of all sizes to get the job done right. Whether you're in towing, landscaping, or moving, whether you're big or small, Jim K. has solutions. From the small delivery vans right up to the powerful F-750 and everything in between. If you can't find what you're looking for, let the Jim K. team know, and they can likely get it for you at a price that fits your budget. Jim K. Ford, Uville Drive in Orleans or JimKFord.com. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. Hi again, everyone. Welcome to the SWP. It's tales of sports and whatever. Basically, anything you'd hash out over a beer following the game. That is the tone of the podcast. It is Steve. Well, Steve Warren, Jimmy Jerome, <laughs> mucking it up in the corners. Yeah, sure. And I introduce, I reintroduce ourselves. What I like to do is reintroduce ourselves, James, after every 400 episodes. We oh, allowed our four, our 400th episode to come and go last time and didn't even mention it. So I thought oh. I'd mention it here. So happy 400th. Wow. Wow. 400. Another two, a year and a half of podcasting. Yeah, we started yeah. in March of 2019. Oh, okay, there we go. There we go. Where the hell does the time go, Steve? My right? Yeah. Well, the nice things that you and I, you know, we, we would text each other once in a while, the odd phone call, but months could pass before you and I communicated right. after working together directly every single day for about a decade. And then as you do, if you're not around, you know, conveniently located to somebody else, you tend to drift. So the nice thing here is that you and I have been able to reconnect and that's been cool. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. And it's a cool thing about, uh, uh, again, you know, the Facebook thing, right? It's cool. I like, uh, I do get a kick out of uh, names popping up. I'm going, no freaking way. Holy cripes. You know, that guy, we used to, we used to skip class together and smoke jets <laughs> out behind the, the gymnasium <laughs> at Pius. <laughs> yeah. Love it. No, that's one of the great things of social media, the ability to reconnect with people. Unfortunately, there's not that many people you truly want to reconnect with. <laughs> yeah, some, you don't, yeah. some of them are Hall of Famers, all-stars, and you can't wait to, to chat them up, right. see what's going on, catch up. But the majority is like, oh, my God, I, I, don't, I don't even think you liked me in high school. Why are you reaching out to me now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they give them the business, you know? Give them the business. Yeah. Especially if it's a girl, right? It's like... 
Remember when you wouldn't keep your hands off me in biology class, you know? <laughs> yeah, you get lots of those. They're like, you? no, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, well, you got a bad memory because, uh, you know, it just was distracting for me while I was trying to dissect a frog, you know? Sure. Stevie, putting pins yeah. in frogs' legs. How about that whole horror show, Steve? Oh, my God. Okay, here's what you, you know, you, you <laughs> I'm a city boy, right? Pretty protected. You know, yeah. haven't seen much. Okay, see this frog that's splayed out on that piece of agar or whatever it is, that that, that, that tin of shoe polish or whatever? Yeah. Okay, yeah. now take these pins, you know, even though it's dead, Steve. You yeah. Know? And if you didn't get a freshie, you know, this thing's all dried and wilted up and turned yeah. in. And going to drive those pins, you know. This is what, you know, this is what bad children do, you know. Harming and you know, drive those pins into those legs. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, you know, worse, okay. than the, worse than the frogs, though, Jimmy. Come on, the baby pig. Oh no, I never that? did the baby pig. I oh, never we did. had to do the baby pig. The frog thing was bad, but the baby pig thing with its pink flesh. Oh no! And it was a good size. Like it was, it was about the size of a human baby. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm digging into this thing with a with a scalpel. And I'm like. I don't want to do this. Why are you making me do this? <laughs> well, well, the first one, when it was back to the frog, Steve, back to the frog, when they go, okay, now you have it all pinned there and I'm all grossed out and everything. I'm like, oh my God, you know, oh, I'm going to dry heat. Okay, now take that that little wee scalpel there, that little wee pen knife or whatever. Have it, okay, and slice it right down from right yeah. underneath the little chin, right down to its scrotum, you know? It's just, yeah. oh my God. Jeez. I guess you have to expose the kids, right? Otherwise, we'll never find out who's capable of being a surgeon someday, and we kind of need them. Oh. I would like to ask surgeons, though, how they got over, you know, the bad case of oh. willies they have in the early days. I know what I, I don't like. I never could. And I, and I, you know, do I remember one organ from a frog? You know, the abdullah oblongata or something? I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's around yeah. the knee or something. The other reason is our biology teacher in my class, Steve, he's just, laughed his head off the whole time, you know, and then I realized I kept seeing him going to the top drawer of his desk, right, and wailing back on a Mickey or rum the whole day. Right, right. <laughs> Just blasted out of his mind, you know. Good to see you all again, you know. It's a biology class. No, it's not. You know? yeah. yeah, you should have some sort of opt-out for something like that. Like, I'd be totally okay if my daughter came home uh, when she was in high school and uh, said, I, I, Dad, I don't want to do this. I would write her a note gladly. yeah. That, that basically said, yeah, sh my daughter does not have to do that. You're going to traumatize uh, my kid, you know? Yeah, you, you can probably go grab yourself, uh, oh, I don't know, a nice diagram of what's inside that thing. Did you? Did you um, speaking of drunk teachers, you know, uh, <laughs> did, I, did, uh, did I tell you this routine? You know, Kevin Bridges, he's my new comedian, you know, from Scotland. Uh, hilarious guy. Absolutely hilarious yeah. guy. I don't know if you, if you jumped on YouTube or something to see him. Yeah, I like him. I don't love him, but I like him. Give him a chance, Steve. Keep giving him a chance. All right. Okay, he's really good. And he says, uh, talking to him, he goes, uh, so Donald Trump thought it would be a good idea to give teachers, to arm the teachers in classrooms because all the terrible stuff, you know, to give, give them a weapon that the teachers can carry with. <laughs> and he goes, do you know how many unhinged teachers that I had? Like my drunk industrial arts teacher? I could see him with a gun. 
you can look it up and see it. Okay. <laughs> Firing off a clip of a machine gun going, who's whistling in the back? <laughs> Into the ceiling. Uh, anyway, check, yeah. check it out. I don't do it justice, Stevie. I will have a look at it. Um, so how was your day? Were you immersed in a golf orgy at Augusta, the 2020 Masters? Someone is messing with me, Steve. Okay. Uh, you know, yesterday we had a bunch of difficulty uh, with the internet. And it's at my, it's, it's at my end. Okay. I'm with TELUS. And uh, TELUS is doing, they're, they're putting in a bunch of new fast speed fiber optic, op, optic, optic stuff <laughs> around here. So they're digging they're digging trenches and stuff to lay all this down. So I figured that's what happened yesterday. Well, they'll get that fixed up, right? Because it kept cutting in and out all day. Right. And, and then I was trying to watch television and it would, you know, it would be on there. I'm watching the Masters update uh, yesterday and the bang, then the TV would, you know, a thing would come on. Check your internet connect and all this shit, right? I'm going, oh no, uh, okay. Uh. So Steve, I've been here 10 years. I haven't had one issue with my cable ever. Okay. Not on round one of Augusta. Not, not on the round one of the Masters. Okay, tell us. Do you understand? Do you understand? Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's, it's touch and go. So you didn't, you didn't get to chance. Well, how much did you see then? Well, I've, it, it finally sort of stayed on for a little while. So uh, the, first, the first rounds uh, got delayed by an hour. So uh, we won't know until tomorrow. They got to finish off tomorrow. Um, and they're uh, so off I, awfully early too, I guess, because it gets it's going to get dark a whole lot earlier than it would in April. Right, right. They're having, uh, yeah, it's like two and a half hours less sunlight or something. So, and and they're teeing off both tees. So I I don't know if they've always done that or did they just use the first tee? But anyway, who cares? Uh, but Tiger Woods, Stevie, Tiger That's the story. Woods, four under. Yeah, the other story is Bryson DeChambeau who hit it all over the place and still managed to shoot two under. Uh, didn't quite shoot the 10 under that, that all the idiots were talking about because of his mm-hmm. prodigious length. But uh, Paul Casey's your leader at minus seven. So he has a two stroke lead on Webb Simpson and your man that you picked in the pool between you and me. We both picked our top three. And yep. Xander Shoffley is one of the guys that you took. Hey, he was kind of your dark horse as your number three. He's tied for second at minus five with Simpson. Yeah. And you, uh, who do you have? You got Patrick Reed. You're going to be okay. Yeah, he's minus four, so he's tied with Tiger with a bunch of guys. Uh, so he's minus four, and I've also got uh, Justin Thomas, who he's minus four as well. Oh, really? And DeChambeau, you mentioned already that he's at minus two. Yeah. Uh, yes. You're you're looking a little better than me. Justin Thomas, yeah, Patrick Reed. Uh, John Rahm's at minus three, Shoffley. Yeah, okay, it'll be close, Stevie. We're both hanging around. Whoever, whoever finished the highest. Even right. if you're two of your guys missed the cut, if your guy finishes higher than all three of mine that make the cut, you're still golden. You're still golden. Boom shakalaka. Yeah. Going to be interesting for sure for the weekend. But Tiger's the story. Saw him on 16, that one where they play around with the uh, skip shot. And you saw John Rahm hole out this week in his practice round. Tiger almost holed out more conventionally. Didn't try the skip shot. I wonder if right. anybody's tried the skip shot in actual competition. I doubt it because the tee is well back of the water. Anyway, if, Tiger did the standard deal and uh, went past the hole and it drained back and it almost went in. He had a terrific round. And like we were talking about off the air, uh, it's not very often you'll see Tiger Woods play a bogey-free round at the Masters in his first round. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, having fun where they skip the ball, they got to they gotta intentionally cold top it 
you know, in this practice round across the water, and everyone knows now who's been following it, that John Rahm, as you said, got that hole in one. Here's the other thing they do, Steve, that you got to check out, that they do for a laugh. You, you, they tee up a ball, uh, they grab their driver, and they got to take a full rip at it, okay? Mm-hmm. Like a full golf swing. And it's the guy who hits it the shortest is the <laughs> wins the bet. So uh, they, okay. they got to just tick the top of the ball and it just dribbles like Dustin won it the other day and he hit it three and a half feet. <laughs> it's cool. Like you can't just, well, you got to hit the ball. He swings, he, yeah. sw- he swings so hard. He can almost, the breeze could knock it forward a little bit. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. how they, how they do it. But the deal is the, the, the golf course laid down a little bit, Steve, as they say, which means it's easier than it normally is because of the rain. So uh, like all the talk, oh, you know, the masters is the greens, the greens, the greens, you know, you got to learn how to chip. You're going to have to, you got to learn how to hit it to the right spots. The the dumbest expression I've ever heard in golf, but I understand what they mean, I guess, is you got to learn where to miss it. Right. Okay. Let's, let's just talk about that expression for a second. <laughs> what? What? It's like, it's like a hockey player, Steve saying, well, I didn't want to miss it on the right side. So I missed it on the left side. And your coach going, no, no, listen, I got an idea. Stop with the trying to miss it. How, okay. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. You ever heard that expression? You got to, of course. You got to learn. Yeah, to, I always just, I always just assume right it, I always assume it's just a thought, a swing thought of aim here because you have a bailout room, right? As opposed right. to, you know, as opposed to the very negative swing thought of miss it. Why are you even talking about missing it at this stage of the game? Just, you know, Make your shot, make your decision on where you're trying to aim and go there. I guess, I guess, yeah. Yeah, 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 I guess, but it's still a very odd expression. Anyway, the course is laying down a bit. It's playing much easier because they had this rain uh, this morning, which delayed it by an hour. Uh, and if you look, if you look back, Steve, if look at, uh, you know, if you look up past Masters champions, Masters golf champions, you can do that while I'm chatting. Uh, what you want to look at is, They'll, they'll list the golfer, of course, in the country they're from and their overall score. And uh, it's very rare that uh, the Masters is won in high double digits, okay? Like 16, 17, 18 under. There's been a few guys, but, but mostly uh, it's sort of in minus eight, minus nine-ish area in there, something like that, minus 10-ish. Nah, nah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the page right now. Yeah. And... Uh, if I look back at the go, last go backwards dec- from last year, if I go back the last uh, decade, in fact, it's I would say just generally speaking, kind of gleaning over things. I would say in the last thirty years, looks to me like about seventy-five percent of the time, double digits does win. No, no, I'm saying double digits does, but not high double digits, like eleven okay. or twelve under, right in around there. Okay, yeah, there's yeah. that's a. Um, like Jordan Spieth yeah. shot 17 or 18 under. I think Tiger shot 17 or 18 under. Ray Floyd w- way back when. I'm going way back. But uh, anyway. It, okay, it, well, here's the ones that are 15 or better. Okay. 15 under or better. Patrick Reed two years ago at 15. Spieth in 2015 was 18. Mickelson in 2010 at 16. Uh, Tiger in 01 was 16. Tiger in 97 was 18. And uh, yeah, that's it from 1980 onward. Yeah. So before 1980, they were hitting golf balls that had feathers inside of them. We right. all know that. Uh, anyway, it, they're going to blast that open. They're, they're, they're going to shatter that. 
So someone's going into minus 20. Even though Augusta, like I've told you before, have this unbelievable underground system that can suck greens dry. They can pull the water out of the greens. The course drains in like, you know, like magic. And and uh, it's phenomenal, phenomenal irrigation system that they have there, That, that what they've done. But if it keeps raining, uh, you know, they can only do so much, right? And they can only delay play so much. Probably if they had their way and go, okay, the course is soft, okay? No one's playing it until we get this thing sorted out, right? And their sorted out is you know, monster fast greens, uh, but, but they may not be able to do it. All right. Let's take a time out of the program. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, when the hell is the NHL going to start again? And uh, if it's going to be January 1st, uh, that will have ramifications. Uh, we'll talk about that after these words, man, staying in shape is extra challenging these days. Thankfully there's Popeye supplements, Ottawa with products and advice to help you reach your health and fitness goals. Popeyes is proud to showcase great Canadian brands like Vega. Since 2004, Vega has brought real plant-based food ingredients together in purposeful combinations to help you get the nutrition your body wants without compromise. Find this great Canadian brand and more at Popeye Supplements Ottawa with six locations to serve you or PopeyesOnlineOrders.com. How long have you been with your insurance company? What's in your policy? Who do you talk to when you have questions? I'm Josh from All Insurance Ontario. Send me a text and let me handle it for you. 613-860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Jim K. Ford is a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. For years, Jim K. has supplied the Ottawa area with Ford work trucks of all sizes to get the job done right. Whether you're in towing, landscaping, or moving, whether you're big or small, Jim K. has solutions. From the small delivery vans right up to the powerful F-750 and everything in between. If you can't find what you're looking for, let the Jim K. team know, and they can likely get it for you at a price that fits your budget. Jim K. Ford, Uville Drive in Orleans or JimKFord.com. If you're buying or selling your home in the Ottawa area, we recommend the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. Glen helped our family set the right price for our home, and the response from buyers was fantastic. He also set aside a budget and helped us out with painting, cleaning, staging, and even lighting. We got a ton of offers, and our home sold in less than a week for well over asking price. So, I suggest you contact Glen today. GlenWalton.com All right, before we get into the National Hockey League, I don't know why I'm saying it like that exactly, but before we get into the NHL, uh, we should give people an update on how the Canadians did after round one. Mike Weir leads leads the foursome of Canadians. Uh, Shot one under, tied with Nick Taylor. They're in the house. Oh, no, sorry, Nick Taylor's uh, through 13. So at the time we're recording this, uh, this is Thursday afternoon at four o'clock uh so the round will be shut down early because they got delayed with weather right Corey connors and adam hadwin are finished 18 holes at plus two and mike weir's in at minus one and uh nick taylor's got to finish off tomorrow the opening round so there's our little kid we got to give a canadian update steve for god's sake no doubt about that i love that mike weir is relevant again and we knew we've been talking about it most of the week how uh, how well he'd been playing on the seniors tour, the champions tour, sorry. Bar, Bar, Bernard Langer, okay, who's won the Masters twice, uh, who's, who's an incredible athlete, okay? He's winning everything on the senior tour. He competes every year at Augusta, uh, but they've lengthened this thing so much over, since, <laughs> since these guys won, you know, back in their day. 
And uh, not, he's not exactly a very funny guy, Bernard Langer. Okay, not, not too funny. Keeps his cards pretty close to his chest. Big, he's born again Christian. You don't get much out of him. And Nick Faldo was telling uh, a story about talking to Bernard Langer after his round with the new Augusta, you know? Like they lengthened one of the holes this year, Steve, like 50 yards, a par four. You know, right. 50. And and uh, Nick was says, I'm kind of chuckling when I saw him walking across the parking lot and I stopped him and said, uh, hey, Bernard, what's, what's the longest iron you had to hit into these greens? And Langer goes, iron? <laughs> 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 these guys are ripping five woods all day, some of these senior guys. That's why it's incredible that, that Mike Weir's in around even par stuff like that. So well, let's. I mean, Weir is just a rookie though on the tour. Bernard Longer is sixty three, and he's minus two through the yeah, first nine holes of the tournament. So it's not exactly ripping him to shreds as you might think. Yeah, experience seems to come through on this thing, right? They always talk about uh, in all the chat that all the players talk about. Be you know the first first timers who are there, uh, guys who only been three or four times or something like that. All of them. All of them talk about you. You need to you need to talk to someone with all kinds of experience from Augusta, about, because what what looks like the straightforward shot here to aim for that that pin, you know, there, there's you know a million guys who go wrong again, wrong mm-hmm. again, man. Okay, you got to hit yeah. to the left side. You got to. They talk about it on that famous par three number twelve, that you know the the wind. You don't feel much wind, but but Ben Hogan came forward after and said, look. The problem is you can't hit a shot there until you feel the wind hitting your face from the left side or something. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you'll never be able to get the yardage right and stuff. So, doesn't okay, surprise we did a me. Hardcore, we did a hardcore Masters thing yesterday, and well, we've done most of the show on the Masters today, so we should get some hockey talk in here. Let's do that. Um, the NHL right now is trying to decide when they're going to start their next season. And hockey fans are kind of waiting with bated breath on that front. And this week, all kinds of reports coming out, quotes from Gary Bettman. It sounds like they're still trying to go with a January 1st start time. And uh, they're apparently, well, this is the quote from Gary Bettman. It may be, and of course, this is all COVID related, right? That's in the back of their mind as they try and make all these decisions. Understatement of the year. Right, right, of course. Bettman says, it may be that we're better off particularly if we're going to play a reduced schedule, which we are contemplating, keeping it geographically centric, more division-based, and realigning the league, again, on a temporary basis, to deal with the whole travel issue. Obviously, we're not going to move all seven Canadian franchises down south, and so we have to look at alternative ways to play. And while crossing the U.S.-Canadian border is certainly an issue, we're also seeing within the U.S. limitations in terms of quarantining when you go from certain states to other states. So they got to be flexible. Um, it's a bit of a bee's nest, James. I'm totally confused. I was trying to follow along there. I don't know. <laughs> so what, uh, what, what, when, where are they playing? What state? What, who's got a quarantine? What, who, who's in a bubble? Who's not? Which? Seven? No, he was talking about all the challenges that they have right now, but he did say that a reduced schedule from 82 games is being contemplated. Right. Um, a division that's all Canadian is being considered and uh, dealing with the American teams having their own challenges. I think there's a thought that in America, well, you can just freely go from one state to the next. No, some states are 
more stringent. Some states don't want cross-state travel whatsoever. Mm. And so, um, yeah, they're going to have to be really creative to make this thing work and, uh, and do it safely. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, the gist of it is he's thinking maybe you play for 10 to 12 days, you know, bunch of games without traveling at all. Then you go home for a week, be with your family. And then they have testing protocols, uh, when you return. So they're not going to do a bubble system like they did during the playoffs whatsoever. He said he wouldn't ask the players to do that. It's kind of irresponsible, really, of Bettman to be making these comments right now in this pandemic. You know, um, I, I look at it this way, Steve. So, so if if COVID is is still rampant here, like it is, okay, there's no there's no handle on it. Although, Steve, good news, right? That there there was a, I think it's Pfizer's pharmaceutical companies talking about a vaccine that they're very close to, like a ninety percent success thing. Uh, that can oh, yeah. happen with this. Um, I, I, I kind of look at it this way, Steve, uh, to, because we were talking about golf. So you can't play golf, Steve, uh, if you wake up one morning and there's frost, okay, which happens, right? especially if you live here, okay? But late fall golf, you know, or early spring golf, um, you know, often you'll have your tee time and then there'll be a frost delay, okay? So there's no ifs, ands, or buts, Steve. You cannot play. You know, they don't come and say, okay, well, maybe you can. Come on and show up. We'll try and make put you on the eighth hole. We may do this that only the guys can play the front nine. Some can play. The, you know, if there's frost, there's frost. You can't play. If there's COVID, there's COVID. You know, and, and I, I, they keep trying to say this. And, and, you know, in the end, everyone's going, well, we'll see. You know, we'll see what can happen. But, of course, Steve, if they're going to try and do it, it would have to be a reduced schedule. Of course, if it's, you know, able to do it, but but there's still no vaccine, it'll have to be something, you know, I, I, get I don't know that, that it's obvious they are, they're going to play a reduced schedule. They might, they might have to do it that way, but they haven't officially said one way or the other. But in, in terms of you calling Gary Bettman irresponsible, like what if you had, um, let's say you had a store of some kind, probably a cigarette store, and you want to continue doing business. You want to feed your family. Now, I know the NHL, most of the people – you know, making millions of dollars. You don't really have a tag day for them. You don't worry about them financially in the big picture, but there's a lot of people who have pretty average salaries who are involved in the NHL um, that, uh, that want the league to get back to work. So like any business right now, of course, everybody wants to try and be as safe as possible, Mm -hmm. but no business can afford for the most part to just completely shut down. So your cigarette story, obviously, you're going to try and find a way to make it work by this stage. This thing's been going on for a long time and could be going on for months, maybe even a couple more years. So you, you need to try and find a way to continue to make money. And I don't think that's irresponsible. I, I, you know, the only person who should weigh in on it, right, is, is, is you know, the health minister or, you know, or, or the surgeon general or who, whoever it is, you know, to, and that's what I think Batman should be saying, you know? Well, I'm sure he's getting doctor's advice. But, yeah. I, I just think it's a little irresponsible that he's saying, look, we need, to, we need to see what happens with COVID before I make any comment on what we're going to do. You can have, you know what, Steve? You can drive yourself bananas saying, you know, if, if, if you had a press conference and took questions from the press guy, there'll be a million different scenarios that they're going to ask him. You know, they're going to ask if him. If they do go off Jan- January 1st, they're going to have to start thinking about hustling up here because... You know, I think about January 1st, that would mean 
just based on last year, last year in the NHL, teams reported for training camp on around September the 12th, and the season began on October 2nd. So that's a 20-day window. Yeah, three weeks. So, yeah, so we're at January 1st. If you're going to start this season then, then we're recording this November 12th. It'd be one month from today that guys have got a report. And some teams, I think, like the Ottawa Senators, that I think have a nine-month off-season going here, I think they're going to probably want a little more training camp time, a little more time to skate and knock the rust off because they got a ton more probably than most teams. So they may need a longer camp. Well, so and you can't- they're going to have to be some decisions made. If they're going to go to January 1st, they're going to have to get going here. Well, and you can't have the exhibition games probably, right? That are that are norm- a normal part of training camp. So you're yeah, right. I don't know what the plan you're is. You're right. Three weeks is if every, everything's, you know, given everything's equal, right? No COVID, yeah. no nothing. You have the three weeks. And um, and how about Christmas, right? I mean, sure. I'm sure the players aren't real thrilled about, uh, you know, two a days. Right. On Christmas Day and all, you know, yeah. they, they, they probably want to be home with their families in and around that time, at least a couple of days off. So all of this stuff abbreviates things and it, it just makes it kind of interesting. The other angle is that at, at, as hockey fans, the World Junior Hockey Championship, which is in your hometown this year in Edmonton, uh, it's going to be great. But how's that all going to work? So if you haven't decided yet when you're going to start your regular season, like Team Canada's best player will be Alexi Lafreniere, the first overall draft pick this year chosen by the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. So if you go to a J- so the Rangers and, T- and Hockey Canada, they're all waiting with bated breath as, okay, what's going on here? So Hockey Canada, if Lafreniere is going to play, well, it can't, if the NHL starts January 1st, all of a sudden they lose their best player. However, if they wait till the middle of the month or February 1st, good chance Lafreniere is available to Team Canada. So, yeah, there's a lot on the line here. Yeah. Well, people are starving for it, right? That, that's why I think they're being forced to answer questions when really, when really the answer is, ah, we can't do it. We can't plan anything, folks. Let's see what happens with, with the virus, you know. But Yeah. But I get it. I get it. I get what you're talking about, business, and, and trying to give people a little, a little boost in the yep. spirit, a little hope, you know. So Well, they keep telling us, all the health officials keep saying things like, we're going to have to learn to live with this barring a vaccine, right? Right. And that's kind of what everybody's starting to do. The ball business-wise is starting to roll again, and that applies to the sports world as well. There's some gray areas, though. When I think about a CFL story I came across this week mm-hmm. about BC Lion quarterback Mike Riley, he's filed a grievance against the BC Lions over the non-payment of guaranteed money. And I guess that's a tricky thing. Like, what is guaranteed money? Like, I think it is if you get injured – that's in general terms in any mm-hmm. sports contract. You get injured, you still get paid. You become a terrible player who can't play in the league anymore, you still get paid. But I don't know if there's any affording. I'm pretty sure no contract right now uh, has, I mean, maybe the ones that were signed this summer, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure most contracts leading up to you know, the start of this year, the calendar year, had no affording for a COVID outbreak, which in the case of the CFL – shut that season down entirely. Mm-hmm. Like, should the BC Lions still be on the hook for a guaranteed contract for a season of football that never occurred for a player? Yeah, interesting. Interesting, right? It's kind of like it's kind of like if your insurance is covered by, you know, act of, acts of God or whatever, you know, that that just clause a lot of time in there. No, that, that's not covered. Um, 
Yeah, it'd be a great question for the, who's the lawyer we used to have on the show? I think he's still kicking around with it. Eric Macromala? Yeah, Eric Macromala. It would be a great, great question for him to say, um, you know, the con- all those contracts are fairly litigious, right, Steve? They're, they're, you know, they're pages and pages thick, but I, you're right. Where, is, where does it say here with a, a pandemic uh, where we don't have the cash to pay anymore that you still get your cash? Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder about that. Yeah, I wonder about it. It'd be something to look into. You know? Well, we'll find yeah. out. We'll find out, right, with this case. Yeah, and it's weird. Uh, so a TSN report uh, says the two sides are trying to come up with a settlement in this thing before the, this grievance has to go to arbitration, which won't happen until the new year. But I guess that most of the people in question, um, like the team president um, and the owner of the team who has since passed away, David Braley, mm-hmm. passed away, I think, last month, um, they weren't aware of this this guaranteed money clause so it, uh, you know, it's going to become a bit of a bee's nest for sure because it's really, you know, I, whether there's anything even actually in the contract that mentions COVID. So I'm sure that that'll be a litigious mess uh, moving forward. Yeah, they fired they fired the guy over it, right? It was apparently Braley and uh, the, the the president of the club, or is a, a friend of mine, Rick Lollisher. He's from Edmonton. That's and right. So, uh, Scurvy there, whatever his name is, Hervey, Ed Hervey, Hervey makes Scurvy. the deal. Of- he yeah. called him Scurvy, <laughs> Ed Hervey. Yeah, he's he been makes in the, the CFL deal. for about 20 years. <laughs> he makes the deal on the guaranteed money, but didn't tell them that, you know? That's the right. the, the owner. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. and then he then he was, you know, unceremoniously dismissed, you know? So anyway, it'll be, it, it, it'll be interesting, yeah, for sure. Okay, we shall call it a day right there. A fine show. Enjoy your golf master's weekend, James. Any final thoughts? Yeah, Stevie, you were, uh, we were discussing, Bobby Ryan may want to pipe down, uh, you know, kind of making reference that he didn't like the city that much. And this is a guy, you know, I've, a guy who might say that, Steve, about Ottawa, where they're a little tepid, okay? A little tepid, right, about his well, commentary, okay? Yeah, well, before you, before you rage about it, let me give people the quote. Um, so it is Bobby Ryan. Of course, he got bought out by the Senators uh, in September after seven years of the club. Most of the last three, four years, he has not been very good. Certainly nowhere near the kind of player he should be for the Mm -hmm. kind of money he's making. He said it was about a minute-long conversation, the one that he had with the organization. Didn't say who he talked to. Um, A minute-long conversation. There's really not much to say. What do you say, really? I said, okay, thank you. Good luck. And that was it. It came as a complete shock. Not the call I expected that Friday morning for sure. And, okay, so to your point, I've always liked the people in Ottawa, Ryan said, and this is a story in the score. I won't say I ever truly fell in love with the city part of it. The people in the community, though, are just incredible. I had so many ups and downs, so many highs like the playoffs, and then the lows, the slumps in last year. They always embraced me. You never got a sense they'd given up on you. Love the people. Sounds like you didn't truly fall in love with the city part of it. Bobby. You know, it- why? I might get it. I might get it, uh, uh, Steve, if he's talking about St. John's, Newfoundland or something. You know, they <laughs> might go, I never really fell in love with the city. The bitter cold, the absolute depression during the winter because all the, you know, fishing's all shut down. You know, not the, not the greatest looking place. I, I might get that. Okay. Ottawa, first of all, it's one of the nicest cities in the world. Okay. Most beautiful city. And so the only other reason I might expect a guy to say that. As if he comes from New York City, 
you know, or a vibrant city like Chicago or LA, you know, or, or, or Houston, Stevie, you know, Toronto, right? Where the people, people live in Toronto, just love living in Toronto. But no, this guy's from Cherry Hills, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Like, Which what? is close to Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I, you know, let's talk about that, Bobby, before you start to rip or not rip, but I, I wonder what he meant. I wonder what he meant by that, but. Uh, Well, I got to be honest. I mean, I love Ottawa. I mean, I've spent my whole life here. I'm an Ottawa guy. Um, But, you know, if I was only here from October to April most years, I don't love the weather very much. And if it wasn't my hometown and I didn't love all the people here, I might feel a little bit like Bobby Ryan did. Uh, Yeah, but, but but it's not like he's from Florida, Steve, where the weather's fantastic. You know, right. I see what you're saying. You know, it's like, well, well, let's talk about where you're from, dude. You know, I love Cherry Hills, New Jersey. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, the, the beautiful view of all the smog and pollution, you know, from yeah. Philly and New York and all that. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, creates a beautiful haze, Steve. Picturesque. <laughs> <laughs> all that said, I do wish him well because uh, he had some tough times, obviously, and a uh, tough season he's coming right. off. And it'd be great to see him uh, rebuild his career down in Detroit because he's certainly a nice guy in the, you know, for the big picture that, that comment about the not falling, not truly falling in love with the city part of it, notwithstanding mm-hmm. um, still all in all pretty nice guy. And you kind of pull for a guy like that. Right. And the other, one of the other things is, you know, Russ Cortnell, um, you host the suspendables uh, with Russ and he spends his summers in, uh, in Gauzer, which is this unbelievably high end golf community and resort yes and i've seen i haven't been there but to hear russ's descriptions to see the photos online uh if bobby ryan is used to that every single summer for three four months right uh that, that that's a different <laughs> yeah exactly. you'd, you'd get spoiled after a while i'd say yeah i might you know i might believe if the guy said well where are you from well i'm from turks and caicos okay that's like one, one of the most beautiful places in the world you know yeah from the Seychelles or whatever you know it's like you know from a smelly, stinky city. So, pipe down, Bob. I look forward to a crisp $20 bill from you when we next meet after a, uh, a Masters victory for old Stevie. Hey, now. Oh, pipe down. <laughs> we shall see. Good night, everybody. We'll see you.